I will take it from the verse 33 to 38, and then I'll focus on the verse 37 this morning. Praise Jesus. Right, I read. Then Pilate entered into the judgment hall and called Jesus and said unto him, Art thou the king of the Jews? Jesus answered him, saying, Sayest thou this thing of thyself, or did others tell it of thee of me? Pilate answered, Am I a Jew, thy own nation or people, and the chief priest have delivered thee unto me? What hast thou done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then would my servants fight that I should not be, be delivered to the Jews. But now is my kingdom not from hence. Pilate therefore said unto him, Are thou a king then? Jesus answered, Thou sayest that I am a king. To this end was I born, and for this cause came I into the world, that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone that is of the truth heareth my voice. Pilate said unto him, What is truth? And when he had said this, he went out again unto the Jews and said unto them, I find no fault at all. I find in him no fault at all. But I want to bring your attention back this morning to the verse 37 because we've already looked, we've already looked at Pilate's, uh, Pilate's response. What is truth or any is truth? Verse 37 he says, Pilate therefore said unto him, Are thou a king then? Jesus answered, Thou sayest that I am a king. To this end was I born, and for this cause came I into the world, that I should bear witness unto the truth. He said, you say I'm a king. And he says, for this end was I born, and for this purpose came I into the earth. To do what? To bear witness unto the truth. Praise God. To bear witness unto the truth. Then he adds, anyone who is on the side of truth hears me. Anyone who is on the side of truth, he says, Heareth me. Now, the word heareth me is a present continuous word. Heareth me. He continues to hear me. It does not mean that today you heard me and then three weeks later you abandon what I said. Or it's not as and when it suits your skin, then you hear me. 
but he that is of the side on the side of truth hears Christ continuously. There is no break. Hallelujah. Continuously hears Christ. Amen. I will come back to that in a few, in a minute. <clears throat> but let's let's um, get back to what Christ said. <clears throat> he said, "It was for this reason, his whole reason, his coming to earth, his being born, Christ Jesus." It was to bear witness to the truth. Now, let me point this out. He's not saying that I came to bear witness of truth. But to the truth. He's not like a witness. Jesus Christ here is not standing like someone in a witness box. You know, well, I, I swear to, to, to say the truth, nothing but the truth, but the whole truth and all that. No, 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 no. Jesus is pointing out to something which over the ages or years, people, human beings, we've been struggling with. As to whether, you know, there is objective truth or there's relative truth, or Jesus Christ is saying, no, I was born for this purpose, to bear witness to the truth, to point, to, to make people understand that there is objective truth. There is objective truth. People have been wondering, oh, maybe, maybe it, is, um, it is your understanding of truth. Maybe it is your way of, of looking at things, your way of looking at reality. Jesus Christ says, no, I have come to make it very clear, to make it very, very clear. The reason I'm, I am on earth is to make it very clear that there is objective reality and truth. That there is nothing like, this is your view and my view. No, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. If people want to believe in relativity and all that, leave them. But there is objective truth. There is absolute truth. There is truth in this world because this world was created. When you wake up in the morning, we don't just, you know, feel. We see things. We experience reality. Hallelujah. We experience reality. We experience things. Tangible, real things. But somewhere, somehow, when it comes to truth, people... Want to believe that, whoa, it is your reality and it's my reality. If you put your neck on the rail line, other trains are coming. If you stay there long, you will know whether the train is a reality or it's just a figmentation of your imagination. If you jump from the from a story building and fall down, you will know whether it is just imagination or reality. There is reality. There is reality. 
Hallelujah. There is objective truth. And Christ said, I came my whole life, my whole life is to make men understand objective reality. So every way, the way he lived his life is a proof. Hallelujah. That there is objective reality. Now, a couple of things I just want to say here quickly before we, we look into this thing. You know, from Jesus' words, the kingdom of God is a kingdom of truth. Praise God. The kingdom of God, number one, is a kingdom of truth. And Jesus is the king of absolute or objective truth. When we are talking about truth in the kingdom of God, we are not just discussing some opinions of some good men. But we are discussing, we are talking about objective truth. Jesus' life on earth was to bear witness to the truth. And all who belong to the truth, they give ear to Jesus. When a person cannot give ear to the words of Jesus, it is clear they are not on the side of truth. When a person would rather enslave you know, or imprison the words of Jesus. It's a clear indication that individual is not on the side of truth. And whatever Christ Jesus started, he continues through the spirit, through our lives. Hallelujah. Praise God. Another point I want to point, I want to make here. For Jesus to say, for this reason was I born. I was born to bear witness to the truth. Indicates that before he came, people were not. People were not living according to the truth. He said, for this, because why would he be born if, if truth already exists? If, if people already know about it? If people are already okay with it? He said, I came to bear witness that there is objective truth. Hallelujah. Praise God. That all men will know. That all men will know. He said, he said, no one has seen the Father at any time, only the Son. And I have come to reveal him. So before he came, no one had really experienced God, the Father. No one has seen him. He said, I am here that I will reveal God to humanity. Praise be to God. So his whole life, the way he began his life, the way he started everything, 
It was to do one thing, to reveal or to make truth available. So whatever life he lived, whatever way he lived his life, it was to show men what it means to live in truth. What it means to walk or to live by the truth. Amen. The first thing I want us to, I want to bring our attention to is what we have in Luke chapter 2, verse 41. I want to bring your attention to something. I want, I want, to, <coughs> I want to start from here. Luke chapter 41. So Luke 2, verse 41. In Luke 2, verse 41, following... You remember Luke 2, 41, following. You remember Jesus and the parents, or they taking him to the temple. Let me, let me get there and read it. It, will, it. it makes sense to us. Praise God. I read. Now his parents, his parents went to Jerusalem every year. Now, no, notice that. They went, through, they went every year. It was, it was a custom. They went every year to Jerusalem at the Feast of Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem after the custom of the feast. And when they had fulfilled the days as they returned, the child Jesus, the child Jesus tarried behind in Jerusalem, and Joseph and his mother knew not of it. But they supposed him to have been in the company when a day's journey and sought him among their kinsfold, a kinsfolk and acquaintance. And when they found him not, they turned back again to Jerusalem seeking him. And it came to pass after three days. After three days, they found him in a temple. They found him in a, in a temple after three days. Sitting in the midst of the doctors and hearing them and asking them questions. And all that heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. And when they saw him, they were amazed. And his mother said unto him, Son... Why hast thou dealt with us? Behold, thy father and I have sought thee sorrowing. So, sorrowing. And he said unto them, How is it that ye sought me? Wist ye not that I must be about my father's business? Hallelujah. Praise God. You see, what we see here is this. The, the meeting was over. Whatever conference they had come for was over. And the parents are gone just like everyone else is gone. But Jesus remains. He remains, or he continued in the temple, not just sitting down, just, not, not just playing around, but having a discussion and questioning, hearing, discussing and questioning the doctors of the law. 
This was what he was engaged in doing. You see, for the, you see, watch this, watch this. He said, I was born to bear witness to the truth. I'm making a point here. So that whatever life he was living, he was living out the truth. He was living life as it ought to be lived out. He was living life as God willed or as God expects it. And here, people have come for, for, you know, the ceremony. And they were gone. But for him, no, that was not the end of it. For, for some people, the end of the ceremony was it. Yeah, it, it's all over. Now let's get back to our mundane task. No, he remains. And he is continuing it. That this is what life, reality is all about. Continuing. It's not just an event. It's not just a ceremony we have. Oh, we have done this on Sunday. Okay, that's fine. Now let's turn on to the TV and then let's not do anything else. No, he continues in it. Because that is truth. That is life. Like Moses told the, to the, the, the Israelites in Deuteronomy, these words, this is your life. It's your wisdom and intelligence before the nations. But oftentimes, you know, we want to only attend to the word of God at some time. And they know about, 20, about 22 hours of the, of the day. We do all that we want to do. And then sometimes seven days a week, we spend almost about how many hours? We spend almost about 800 of those hours doing other things. And just a few hours spent with the word of God, with the truth of God. But Christ says, no. He was spending time. And when the parents asked him, what are you doing? He said, Wish, don't, didn't, didn't you know that I, I must be about my father's business? This is a will. This is a purpose of the father for my life. And right at that early age, he had identified it. And he was working with it. You see, this is not an adult life. This is even for the young, this is a, a younger life, age 12. Age 12. Today, age 12, we think that, you know, life is all be about, I guess, about, I guess, about jumping about and playing, you know. Pressing a few buttons here and then, and then that's all. But we have no clue what God's will and purpose for our lives is. But Christ said, I came to bear witness to the truth. I came that man will come to understand what it is about truth. And all my life, he said, I was born for this. Hallelujah. You see, so instead of, you know, 
young ones, yes, quickly dashing off. Oh, oh, I can't wait for the service to be over. And the moment it, it is it is over, just dancing around, just washing, just 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 running around. No, he stayed there. He stayed there. You see, we have we have you know one o'clock back. We have a precursor to this with Joshua in the temple in Exodus thirty-three. After God met the people, and everyone was standing in his tent, you know, listening to what was happening, and Moses was in the temple, and, and even Moses had left. The Bible says that young Joshua remained in the tabernacle. He remained in the tabernacle. No wonder he became the successor of Moses. When Moses was over, he was one that stepped in. He remained there. Constant. In the presence of the Lord. You see, oftentimes you may want to think that life is about many things. Life is about, you know, touching many, many, many things. But life is, the most important thing about life is in that relationship with the Father. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. You see, what am I saying here? What I'm saying is that life or life with God is not subject to other people's programming. Hello? Life with God is not subject to other people's programming. This is how you are to relate with God. This is a time you can worship God. This is a, this is a time you can commune with, with God. It, it is, that, that time is over. Now, go ahead, go and play. No! This is a template for us to understand that you know what? There is no time bound. There's no time slot to restrict yourself. This is, this is, this is a time I have to know. Hallelujah. Praise God. Because the more understanding, the more insight you have about God, the better the life you live, because the more truth, or the better your understanding of the truth to be able to walk in the truth. To God be the glory. Let's, let's get back to the, let's get back to the Luke chapter 2 verse 49, please. I want to read the 49 again. Luke 2, 49. He says, the verse 49, look to 49. He says, How is it that ye sought me? Wished ye not that I must be about my father's business? That is, how come you are looking for me? Were you not aware that I must be about my father's business? Unfortunately, when you read the verse 50, the verse 50 reads, and they understood not the saying which he spoke unto them. Even the parents did not understand what he was talking about. They have been living life the way everybody else has been doing it. They just been just following it. Life as usual. I mean, just yeah, as usual. Wake up, um, go to this place, do this, uh, do this for a, a while, do that, do that, do that. When he said 
Do you know what I must be about my father's business? Even the parents did not even understand what he was even talking about. But this is a life he has come to portray to us. Hallelujah. This is the life he had come to show us. That there, this, this, this is a truth he has come to reveal to us. That God has a purpose for life. That God has a purpose for every individual life here on this earth. And that purpose must be lived out. But they didn't really understand that. They thought, well, you are here and we're taking care of you and then that's it. And we just get up and do what we need to do. No, but there's a purpose. There's a purpose for life. Hallelujah. And that is the truth of God concerning you and concerning me. There is a truth of God concerning your life. That truth must be lived out. That truth must be lived out. Praise God. You see, and those who are on the side of truth, they hear Jesus and they follow it. So as Christ was here for a purpose, so you and me, we're here for a purpose. We are here to live out the truth of God concerning our lives. You see, I like what the apostle of the Hebrew letter wrote. He was reporting the heart of Jesus Christ. And in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 7, he said, Then said I, Lo, I come in the volume of the book, it is written of me, to do thy will, O God. And then verse 9 he says, Then said he, Lo, I come to do thy will, O God. Hallelujah. I come to do what? Thy will, O God. That is the whole purpose. That was his whole purpose. This, he was, he was communicating, the, communicating the heart of Christ to us. That he said, I have come to do thy will. In the, I left at the verse 8. But the verse 8 says, And when he said, About when he said, Sacrifice and offerings and burnt offerings, and offerings for sin thou wouldest not, neither has thou pleasure in them which are offered by the Lord. You see, so what he's saying is that the purpose, the purpose for his being on earth was not for those sacrifices. Was not for those sacrifices. Hallelujah. It was not the sacrifices. His purpose on earth, he said, it was to do the will of the Father. Oftentimes, we get entangled in so many activities, so many sacrifices, so many, we think that we have to get so, so many things done. But hey, it is just to locate what God's will for your life is and to accomplish it. That is the truth. That is living out the truth of God for your life. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. Are people in this house? Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. 
Praise God. If you're in the house, you've got to respond. Hallelujah. Amen. No, can I hear hallelujah? Amen. Praise God. Amen. Mm-hmm. Right. You see, so what he's saying is this, that I have come to do thy will. Sacrifices, burnt offerings, you know, activities, all those, all those kind of things. They have their place. But the most important thing is to do the will. For which the Father put us here on this earth. That's the most important thing. Amen. You see, the Apostle Paul also understood the same thing. And in Acts 26, in Acts 26, verses 14 to 19, he made the same. He said, when he came into contact with the heavenly, God's vision for his life. He said, King Agrippa, I was not disobedient. I was not disobedient. Let me read it. Acts 26, please. Acts 26, verse 14. Acts 26, 14 to 19. Acts 26, 14 to, 14 to 19. I read. And when... Okay. Verse 15, and I said, who art thou, Lord? And he, said, and, and he said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. But rise and stand upon thy feet, for I have appeared unto thee for this purpose, to make thee a minister and a witness both of these things which thou hast seen, and of those things in which I will appear unto thee, delivering thee from the people and from the Gentiles unto whom, I, unto whom now I send thee. To open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith in by faith that is in me. Whereupon, O King Agrippa, I was not disobedient unto the heavenly vision. Hallelujah. He was not what? Disobedient to the heavenly vision. Once he became aware this was what God wanted him to do, he said, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. My question to us this morning is this. What are you doing with the heavenly vision that God has shown you? When God has revealed the truth of his will for your life, what are we doing with it? The truth of God. Hallelujah. The truth of God concerning your life here on this earth. Once you become aware of it, what are you doing about it? What are you doing with it? Are you still carrying on life as usual? Are you just carrying on life as ought to be? I mean, as is, as everybody else? Are you doing something about it? Because once truth is revealed, you move away from it, you are living a lie. It's a dangerous life. Like we said last week, you see, when you remove that God factor, well, whatever God says, whatever God has said, when you put it aside, whatever life you are living is a poisonous life. 
is a dangerous life. It does not yield the life. It does not bring, you know, the, the results that God expects. It does not yield those results anymore. I want you to turn with me to a, to a scripture in the book of Proverbs. 23, verse 23, please. Proverbs 23, verse 23. Proverbs 23, verse 23. It's a very telling scripture. And I want to read it this morning. Very, very telling. Hallelujah. It reads, By the truth. Can we all see it? It says, buy the truth and sell it not. To buy the truth means use whatever is available to you to obtain the truth. Offer a prize for the truth. Offer a prize for the truth. Offer something for it. Don't just let it be there. Offer something for it. Make it become yours. When the truth, or for the truth of God, for the truth of God, offer something. Make it yours. But after you've done that, do not let anything, do not let anything exchange between the truth you now have in your hands and something else. I don't know if you get in the picture. He says, when you, the truth of what comes your way, the, the, the truth of God, go for it. Offer a price for it. Give whatever it takes for it. But once you obtain it, do not exchange it for anything. Let nothing be exchanged for it. Keep it. Hallelujah. You see, unfortunately, some people exchange they will physically not exchange anything for, for it but they exchange something unfortunately they exchange the truth of God with fear 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 of mankind fear of face fear of society Fear of what will, what will people say about me. Fear of insecurity. You know, fear of stability. Because for some people, God has revealed the truth concerning your life to you, the truth of God. But for fear, you will not step out to begin to act, to begin to live out what God has told you. Some people are still, you know, walking as normal. They've come to understand what they must be doing about, what they must be doing in life, 
but they're not responding to it. Why? Because fear has still gripped them. Fear. But understand, there's a time for everything under the earth. There's a time for everything. There's a time for you to be passing through this journey. This is, is, is not forever. And the seasons that God created for us tells us that nothing lasts forever. So there's a time slot given for every activity under the sun. God has given a time for it to be done. So you can keep on keeping marking time and you know just not, not responding to the truth. But all this while you are living a lie. And at the end of the day he will say, I don't know you. You didn't respond to me. Even when you knew the truth, you are still living as normal. Nothing changed. You're responding to life as, as anything, as any, anyone else. And sometimes, some people also go by majority. Majority. And they say things like, majority carries the vote. But I've come to tell you, sometimes majority consists of fools. You see, and sometimes people are looking for, you know, they're looking for, for you know, oh, well, I'm looking for more support in the Bible so that I can, let me tell you, how many Marys do have to give birth to a Jesus Christ? Only one Mary. How many times did Jesus Christ died? Once. So there are some things you don't look for more support. Once God has said it and you've known it and God has declared it unto you and God has revealed it unto you, you will get up and, be, and work on it. Whatever truth God has revealed to you concerning why you're here on this earth, go ahead and fulfill it. And do not wait for majority. Some of you enjoy riding in plane, you know, airplanes and all that. The Wright brothers, when they came, when they, when, when they had this invention about aviation, people didn't believe them. People told them they were even mad. Scientists discarded them. They didn't even want to listen to them. Had they backed off? Today, it would have taken you a thousand days, you know, to walk some journeys. But today, all you need to do is just sit in a plane and you are somewhere else in minutes. Because someone dared follow what the truth that God has revealed about them to them. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. You see, many people are living in comfort zones. They are afraid to step out. Sometimes it is a mental comfort zone. People are just comfortable with it. They will not step out to walk in the truth. You see, I'll tell you this very simple, this is a very simple one. Most, 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 most people can identify with about truth and fear. 
You know, most people, they believe that they are Christians. Hello? Most people believe they are Christians. They are born again. They believe that they are in Christ, and Christ is in God. And they pray, and they do all that they do. But you see, when they had to travel, when they had to travel, let's say, a three days journey somewhere, they would not tell anybody, especially if they belong to a church group or something. Well, if they tell where they are going, witches, witches will sabotage their journey. So they will not say anything about it. And then when they go and come back, where did you go? Oh, I traveled, I went there. It, it was a very nice place, yeah. But why, why didn't you tell anybody? Oh, 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 sorry, I forgot. No, you, you, you did not for, forget. It was fear. You are afraid that some witch will sabotage your journey. Now, the question is, are you in the truth in Christ? Or you are open, your life is open for witches to attack you just anyhow. Then where is the faith in God? Where then is our security in Christ? When is it all power in heaven and earth is given unto me? You say you have the Holy Ghost. There is no power Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit. There is no spirit holy. He is the Holy Spirit. He is the most powerful spirit. And if he lives in you or dwells in you or walks with you, what other spirit are you afraid of? But yet, people take certain decisions, they are quite uncertain. Oh, I don't want to say because if I say, you know, somebody will eat and then and, and the devil will take advantage of it and, and all that, blah, blah. Where then is God? That even secular people are able to put their plans out. Come in May. May, we will do this project A, B, C, D here, and comes May, that project is done. And Christians cannot even talk about their projects because they are afraid. Some witches, some demons somewhere will sabotage them. So, are we, walking in, are we living in fear or walking in truth? said, hey, I have overcome the world. I have overcome the world. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. You are more than conquerors. You see, if you say, if you quote all those scriptures, but yet, when it comes to practical living, you tend to live like that. You are not living in the truth. You are living in a lie. You are living in fear. Living in bondage. Living in cowardice.
And then we will quote scriptures like, you know, And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free or set you, or set you free. Whichever version you are using, shall make you free or shall set you free. But then here, here comes living practical. And then, oh, I can't tell you the plans now because if I tell you, some demon will hear it and then it will all go. Hello? Hello? If I have an exam, I can't tell you because if I tell you, you might go and sabotage me and then I will not pass the exams. Hello? Then I think the whole school, then the whole country examination that are normally spelled out should not be spelled out because everybody should be failing. Hello? If we are on the side of the truth, then let's hold on to the truth of God's word. And let's not fear cripple us. Yes, I understand. I understand. There's another side of truth. That if you're going to stand by the truth, and that's the next thing I'm getting to, that if we're going to, if we are people of truth, we also must be ready that there will be trouble, there will be persecution. Because not everyone is on the side of truth. Hello. Not everyone is on the side of truth. Hello. I want to read something that Henry Ford, a statement that he made in his own autobiography, My Life and Work. He says this. He says that, this from Henry Ford. He says, there is in the world a group of men with vast powers of control that prefer to remain unknown, that does not seek office or any of the tokens of power, that belong to, the, to, to no nations, whatever but is international. A force that uses every government, every widespread business organization, every agency of publicity, every resource of national psychology to throw the world into a panic for the sake of getting still more power. There is a power within the world which cries war and in the confusion of the nations, the unrestrained sacrifice which people make for safety and peace run off with the spoils of the panic. Henry Ford. It sounds like he's speaking today. No, but he spoke years ago. You saw there are people who are out there who are not for truth. Because truth does not work for them. Truth brings the glory of God. Bring truth. Everyone living by the truth, you know, and living people, causes people to live out life the full as God expects. You see, God's plan is that the will of heaven be done here on this earth. But for some people, that would mean everyone is going to be well. No, but there a few want to be well. You see, man loves to be in control. And that's why our world is the way it is. People do not just, they just can't handle it when they can't be in control. 
They want to be in control of things. And that's why the world is the way it is. And so they will always work against the truth. So when you decide to stand by the truth, they will tell you, you are, you've got a tiny brain, you, you, you can't think far. They will, they, will make all, they will put all kinds of insults on you. And they will suggest to you that the way you are thinking, you know, um, you are stupid in your mind and, and um, you're, you're unimaginative and you can't think far and all that. But you see, there is nothing better than the truth. Hallelujah. What God reveals is truth. People discard God, they, they reject God, and then they go for something and then they think that, yeah, they are being so smart. But at the end of the day, when you think about it, it comes back to foolishness. Because the truth of God does not lead into bondage. It leads into freedom. The truth of God does not cripple people. It liberates people, makes people free. And makes them live their life to the full. Somebody said something. He said, you know, tell the truth. And you will not need to remember what you said. But tell a lie. And you have to remember what you said so you can keep that same lie. But if you keep that truth, if you, if you tell the truth, you don't even need to remember what you said. Because it wouldn't matter. It was truth anyway. And whichever, whichever way you say it next time, it will still be the truth. It's a very star story. It's a very sad story. I heard. It was about some believers. It was about 50 of them. And, you know, during those days of the communist world, they came to them and said, if you say you believe in your Christ, we're going to kill you. How many of us, how, how many of you want to renounce and they will let you go? A majority of them, apart from six, said no, they will not, they will now, they will not renounce their Christ. But the rest of them said, oh yeah, okay, fine, fine, fine. We'll, we don't want to die, so we will join this group. So the six of them the people who came drilled them, drilled them, drilled them, drilled them real, real, really hard. First of all, they were put in prison for six months. These 50 people. So it was after that, that six of them said they will still maintain Christ. And the rest said, you know, after, six, after this six months in prison, I don't want to continue. I want to abandon Christ. Okay, so that was fine. Then these six people, they drilled them again. And then only one said he'll continue with his faith in Christ. The other said, you know what? Forget about it. We will live another day to confess Christ. 
So only one. So they, threw, they, they, made, they, made, they made them face. Actually, the six was made to face a river with their back facing the people who were going to shoot them. That they're going to shoot them so they will fall straight down into the mirror, into the river and die. And before they did that, they gave them every opportunity to, you know, and they said, no, they'd rather save their lives. So this person stood there and he was about to be killed. Then the guy said, all of you, you are not Christians at all. So among these 50 of you, only one person was really genuinely a Christian. All of you are worthless. You, you, you have nothing. You have nothing. It was a Nazi group that was doing this. They said, we even Nazi don't even want you. We don't even want you. Because for, for you to be able to turn your back on your Messiah like that, you will turn your back on us too. We don't want you. We want people. This one is a true Christian, and we will let him be. If there's anybody to be killed, it is you guys to be, to be killed, because you are not even Christians at all. You see, there is a preacher. There was a preacher who was called, his name was, um, his name was Richard Rum. Wombran, a Romanian Christian who was tortured for Christ. He was tortured heavily. They would, they would whip his feet, I mean, you know, the sole of his foot, until it, until it was tearing and bleeding. And he said for 17 hours, some of them, they would, they would let them say things like, Communist, uh, uh, communist is good. Christianity is bad. For 17 hours, they'll make them just chant it. Not only, not, not only him. His, his wife, too, went through a similar thing. And, and his wife was made to go through some psychological, you know, challenge. They told the wife that the husband is dead. Just to break her. But the, but the man wasn't dead. They make them go through so much. Even his son, even his son had trouble in the schools and everything. But all this, he did not. He came out to testify that his faith is still intact. Now today, And it's, and it's written all in a book that Christians will be encouraged to stand by the truth. Stand by the truth. But most people just chicken out. They just, they just, they just chicken out. Least thing, lift up your hands. The least resistance. Sorry, I'm no, long, I'm no longer a Christian. People don't say with their lips, but with their deeds, they just chicken out. They will not stand for anything. What God has called people to do, they will not even stand up to do it. 
they won't stand up to do it. What purpose has God placed upon your life as a Christian here on this earth? They wouldn't even do it. And even the truth of God, they wouldn't even stand by it. Hello. If Jesus is Lord, then he is Lord all the time. And not sometimes. Hallelujah. If he has given his word, if he's given his will, get on the wagon. Get on with it. Get on pursuing it. And let nothing stop you. Hallelujah. You see, another thing that I see Jesus Christ do, he spent time alone with God in fellowship. But most people don't. Most people will just sit behind a telly and do everything and go about and talk and do everything. If God is real, why are we not spending time with him in fellowship? That's another side of truth that needs to be faced. If the God we serve is alive and real, why? And he's saying that he wants us in the closet, fellowshipping with him. Your father who hears you in closet in the in secret will answer you openly. Why are we not spending that, spending that, that time with him? Because if we do, our inner man will be strengthened. Our inner man will stand strong. So truth, not practicing truth, actually works against us. It does not work for us. It works against us. See, before I close this afternoon, let me, sorry, this morning, let me, let me read this to us. 2 Corinthians 13 verse 8. We can do nothing against the truth except for the truth. 2 Corinthians 13 verse 8. There's nothing that we can do against the truth. Nothing can be done against the truth but for the truth. For we can do nothing against the truth but for the truth. Write it down wherever you are. You see, that there's nothing you can do against the truth. What I'm basically saying is that the truth would always win. Truth, if you're on the side of truth, you will always win. But if you, a person decides to stand against, all who stand against the truth, eventually will fall with the lies. But truth, no matter how long truth takes. You see, Christ spoke the truth and he was crucified. But it was the same truth that resurrected him. Truth would always stand. Truth would always lift you up. Stand with truth. Go with truth. Any day, any time, any minute. 
and truth will defend you. Truth will defend you. Truth is supreme. It wins the battle all the time. We can do nothing against the truth, but for the truth. Hallelujah. Always for the truth. Always for the truth. You see, it's no good preaching the truth, talking about the truth, but then living differently, living according to my own personal beliefs or fears or whatever. I heard this, star, this, this sad story about a preacher who had two girls and just all of a sudden the girls vanished from the church one after the other. And then when, they were, when the preacher was asked, where are your girls? The preacher was giving them excuses about where the girls are and the wife did the same thing. Then the day came, they had a very big ceremony. Lo and behold, the two daughters turned up, showed up again. And when they showed up, one had a ring on the finger with two children. Yeah, I mean, both of them had ring on their finger. One had two children, one was yet, was yet fully pregnant. It's just about to deliver. So the question now was, what's happening here? What's happening here? Then they now have to say, well, uh, there are some witches in the church, so the girls were going, the, the, the girls had had men to come to marry them, but they were concerned that those witches would not make the marriage come to pass, and if they, the marriage come to pass, they would not get children and all that. So that was why they kept quiet all about it. Church, God have mercy. God have mercy. You see, the truth must be lived out. Fear cannot be allowed. Where are you? You are on a plane going to Amsterdam. Said, oh, I'm going to Tilbury. Why? Because if I tell the if I tell them that if I tell them that I'm going that, you know, they will let the plane, the plane crash or something. Or my journey will not be successful. What is that? Hey, if we are the truth, let's speak the truth. And let's continue in the truth. And let's walk the, the, let's walk the truth. Hallelujah. Let's walk it. As God will want us to. As God will want us to. But I also want to say, if we are the truth, if we hear Christ, then whatever God has revealed to us, Concerning why we are here on this earth, let's be up and doing. Let's get on with it. Let's not park. Let's not park what God has called us to do here on this earth. Let's not park it aside. Let's not park it somewhere and be doing something else. All because, you know, we're not comfortable. We're not sure what life will be. Well, I'm not sure. I know this is what I must do, but I'm a bit skeptical. I don't know what will happen. If I go this way, and I don't know what will happen. 
There is no fear in love. Truth works with love. Truth belongs to love. And there's no fear in love. When we are walking the truth, there's no fear. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I guess Lord want to end here. I want to end here. That let's be on the side of truth. If we are on the side of truth, let's be on the side of truth. Let's not stand against truth. There's nothing we, you, you can do against the truth except to stand with the truth. Truth always wins. And truth is supreme. Truth will always come to the top. But lies will fall down. They will not win. God bless you. Amen. Shall we pray? Heavenly Father, we pray this morning, in, this afternoon, in the name of Jesus. Jesus said, those who are of the truth, hear him. Hear it means, hear it means, they continually, we continually hear Jesus. Our ears are continuously listening to the truth, walking in the truth, and living in the truth, and not allowing fears, lies, and falsehood to take over. I pray in the name of Jesus that as people of truth, we will Stand with the truth. Go with the truth. Every way and in every day and in every situation. That we will not allow circumstances or mod or multitude or phases or you know things or our safety and comfort zones to you know to 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 talk us out of the truth, to make us live on the other side. That we will jump into the truth. Now begin to work on it. And also to understand that there is time for every purpose under, under the sun. That we are not here forever. That what we need to do, we need to do now to the glory of God. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for helping us on this journey of truth. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen.